This is the MIT Alumni Books Podcast. I'm Joe McGonigal, writer for the MIT Alumni Association. If you've ever thought of the game Tetris as the perfect enactment of the overtasked lives of Americans in the 1990s, the constant bombardment of tasks that demand our attention and that we must somehow fit into our overcrowded schedules and clear off our desks in order to make room for the next onslaught, you'd probably make a good game theorist. My guest, Clara Fernandez-Vara, SM04, thinks about games a lot about what they can mean and how. In her new book, Introduction to Game Analysis, Fernandez Vara lays out the methodology for this relatively new field, one that is far newer than literary analysis and yet not that far behind fields like radio and film studies. Though Fernandez Vara is clearly targeting the potential gamer turned academic, it's also a book for those seeking to think about how game theory applies to other research fields and for skeptics who are too quick to dismiss gaming as not worthy of an academic pursuit. Fernandez Vara is Associate Arts Professor at the Game Center at New York University. She teaches courses on video game theory and game narrative and is a freelance game designer herself. I asked her why she chose to write this book now. Well, it turns out that uh, the study of games is growing really fast. We've been in the field for more than 10 years now, but there hasn't been quite a guide on how to write on games. I think that it's particularly important to recognize that there are many ways to write about games because there are many fields that can talk about games, from education to literature, film, uh, media studies, to psychology, to computer science. So this book actually started as a handout uh, that I used to give my students, and it was just a few pages. And um, I kept adding things to the handout until the how to write the game analysis was actually longer than the analysis they had to write. Hmm. So I realized that there was a need for it. There's uh, by now a critical mass of people in game studies that are teaching courses, not only on game analysis, but it can be game studies, but also game design, or journalism, for example, where we needed to have a kind of it's not a step-by-step guide. That was the last thing I wanted to do. I wanted to acknowledge the variety of fields that can write about games, um, but something that would help people think about how to write an analysis in a more nuanced way. Coming from uh, literature and media studies, uh, I see a lot of teachers who want to include games in their curriculum, and they might be teaching you know, film or or media studies in general, even though the book is aimed at students mainly, I would hope that professors and teachers would also find it useful as a way of thinking how they're going to incorporate games as part of their curriculum so that games are not only a technology-driven field, but it's also a humanities and, and social sciences field. I have to ask you about games I wanted to hear you talk about. Load Runner was my absolute favorite growing up oh, wow. uh, in the 1980s. <laughs> it, it blew me away because you could construct your own levels. It was the first time I'd ever done that on a computer game uh, before. It's interesting because after a certain age, we've grown up with different games. And even if you know we were part of the same generation, you know we might have played different games. Also, coming from Spain and, and realizing that the history of games in in Europe is different from the history of games in the U.S. is very important. Right, um, I want to play La Moana after I heard you talk about it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. But, you know, if you've played games in the 80s, you'll probably feel at home. Now these games are hard on purpose. Back then it was because they didn't know how else to make them. There's a lot of me in this book and the 
games that I've grown up playing. I was thinking back to the introductory text as an English major that I had in college. Wish I'd had a text like this. You're saying a lot in here that I think is true about any good analysis. Yeah, and this comes from many years of studying literature and film and and reading guides like those. The goal was basically to recognize that writing about games is on certain aspects similar to writing about other media, but there are certain characteristics of games that make them different and are challenges in order when it comes to analyzing them. So I wanted to really emphasize also the different parts and the the challenges of, of writing about games. You uh, end with an appendix of exemplary texts. Uh, When I read them, I realized you must have read a lot of texts that are far from exemplary in your teaching. (laughs) Yes, and that was one of the challenges, actually, finding exemplary texts. There are more and more. I've been really happy to see that there are now um, monographic volumes that analyze maybe one simple, like one single game, like Silent Hill or do more missed. So so that is becoming more common now. You know, you can write a whole book just on a single game. Hmm. Uh, which I think is, you know, fantastic because you're showing that games have the kind of depth and complexity that other media might have. Uh, in can terms of the writing process or the publishing process, any of those uh, obstacles uh, to to finally seeing getting this book to the light of day? It was more, the, the, the obstacles were basically that I was in transition from being a postdoc at MIT to an academic job. So I started the book as I was, uh, while I was a postdoc at MIT, at the Singapore MIT Gambit Game Lab, uh, then that lab closed. I stayed in uh, at the Trope Tank with Nick Mumford, and then I got a job as a professor here at NYU. So so when you are kind of changing jobs, <laughs> it can be a bit challenging to go from one to the other. Um, but I'm really lucky to have been surrounded by people who have been really supportive, uh, not only giving feedback, but also understanding that I needed the time to, to write. The editors, for example, were super helpful. And actually, I have to thank my editor, Erica, who gave me the best prompt to get this book going. What she told me is like, well, if you want to find your tone, why don't you write this the way that you talk to your students? And that was really liberating, you know, thinking about, okay, I'm going to just write this as I'm, as I'm teaching a class, because this is what I teach in class. And did any of the skills picked up at MIT during your study here um, help you in writing this book? So a lot of what I did in, in comparative media studies was studying different media and um this book comes from applying methods from analyzing one medium to another. Uh, and I think that in, in, in sections, you know, talking about games and other media, for example, is probably the clearest um, space where I can see that happening. Henry Jenkins was my professor, and one of the things that I learned from him was precisely this writing in a you know, direct way in order to get uh, complex theoretical ideas across. It was uh, an education that was very much about communication, but not only about communication studies, but also about communicating your ideas clearly and effectively. I started studying games a bit before coming to MIT, but I got the sense that it was a feasible field full of promise 
while I was there because I met people who were already studying games, like uh, Jesper Yu, who was a visiting scholar while I was there, coming to a department where there were um, uh, labs that were studying games. What other books need to be written on this topic in terms of establishing game theory? What work still needs to be done towards that aim? My book is a kind of general approach. And one of the things that I discarded at a stage while I was writing was writing a book on game analysis. This is written for students. I think that there is a space to write about theory crafting and game studies at a higher level, more you know, for scholars, you know, researchers, uh, not only for students. At the end of the book, I, I admit that you know these are some of the ways that we can write about games, but there are many more than can come up. And uh, I would like to see books written by people, for example, in journalism, that do this job of coming from a specific field. You know, like how do you analyze a game for the field of you know history, for example, or history of art? Uh, how would you write a book? Uh, to analyze the game from the point of view of architecture. Uh, and there are there have been bits and pieces and articles on this, but I think that this field is rich enough that it deserves this kind of nuance, you know, the, the fields that I describe in the book, like, you know, literature, film, history, teaching. Uh, I think that we can have uh, monographic volumes uh, also on how to write game analysis of a, of a very specific type. I wanted to show the variety of writing, but we do need to go into depth in all these other fields. Would this book have come out if video games, is there enough to be said about games outside of the video realm? Yes, sure. That's one of the specialized books that I would like to see written as well, actually. When I was writing, I kept wanting to write more about non-digital games. Writing about analyzing non-digital games has a lot more challenges than digital games in a way. I covered this in the book a bit, but the main thing is that when you are playing a non-digital game, it's going to be very likely that you're playing with other people. And actually reproducing the experience of playing that game or what that game is about is going to completely change depending on who you're playing with. Mm-hmm. In digital games, we have a computer enforcing a set of rules. As players, we still have wriggle room about how we experience the game, what choices we make, you know, what are our goals are. But that is a lot more volatile in, in tabletop games. And uh, You said if yeah. players don't like Old Maid, they don't talk to the designer. <laughs> yeah, they just change it, right? <laughs> That's they right. Just yeah. like uh, how Old Maid works, you just change it. Uh, everybody plays Monopoly wrong um, because they keep adding money to the to the bank and it's supposed to deplete and and that is something that is is a challenge and I wanted to have non-digital games be part of the book because they are games and because there is so much that we can learn from them but on the other hand it is a huge challenge to write about them and research them I have colleagues that are board game and non-digital game experts that I think could do a wonderful job. So I hope that that book also happens. Tell me about what you're reading right now. I just finished reading uh, Generation Xbox by Jamie Russell, Hmm. which is an account of the history of the relationship between Hollywood and video games. As I was reading, it's like, oh, I wish I had read this before. (laughs) (laughs) And my manuscript. 
um, because it analyzes the confrontations and, and between video games and Hollywood and how they've tried to come together again and again and again. You know, this is uh, starts with E.T. and the debacle of E.T. and why it happened. And it ends with games like Grand Theft Auto. It's interesting to read because in the games industry, but also in game studies, we talk about the cinema envy of a lot of video games. And this book makes you realize that there's also video game envy in Hollywood. This, this, uh, it goes both ways. <laughs> and now what's happening is that video games are realizing that they might not need Hollywood so it's it's a really interesting read, and, and I've enjoyed it a lot. I'll probably use it in class as well. Clara Fernandez-Vara's new book, Introduction to Game Analysis, is available from Ratledge Press or at your favorite local bookstore. Clara Fernandez-Vara, thank you for joining me. Well, thank you for your questions. It's been really great.